the restaurants you love, the food you crave, and the people that make it all happen. We tell their stories on the Paper Trails Podcast with Albemarle Paper Supply. What's going on, guys? How are you? And we are back, Paper Trails Podcast, Season 3, Episode 2. I'm your host, Nick Caligaramitros. And I have the privilege and honor of having a really good friend of mine, Manny Flores, come in uh, to chat with us here briefly about uh, his, his start, his, his career in the food business, and all the projects that he has going on uh, today and in the future. And we're super pumped to have him. And so um, anyway, if you guys have not subscribed to all of our channels, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, check it out. You know, Support the channel, share, and we're super excited to have you guys part of the show today. And so, anyway, with that, Manny, thanks for coming on. I really Absolutely. appreciate it. Um, I'm really excited to just learn a little bit about, or I guess more of your history, how you got into the food space, restaurateur, founder. Um, and so, why don't we start there? You know, for everybody that maybe that doesn't know your background yet, obviously, you have K Hospitality, you know, K Fresa, K, K Onda here in the Charlotte area and, and the suburbs, but you didn't start here. No. Okay. So let's, let's take it back a couple of years. Absolutely. Where are you from? Give us a little bit of history. Give everybody some context that they may know the restaurants. They've been here. They've eaten here. They've gotten some, some you know, great service and food. But take it back a little bit. Let, let's talk a little bit about you know, all, all the, the beginnings. Well, first of all, it's my privilege. Absolutely. Thank <laughs> you, Nick. Thank you. Um, wow, it's so many beginnings. Um, I always like to say, uh, so far I have three beginnings. Um, uh, the OG out of all of them is, you know, I'm from El Salvador. Nice. Uh, a very small town, probably grew up with 100 people. Okay. Um, and I grew up uh, um, in late 70s, early 80s in El Salvador. I was there for about five or six years while my parents kind of made their life here okay. for, for myself and, and my brother. And, and my two sisters came on later. Um, it was... Uh, a bad period. It was a civil war, uh, unrest. Um, saw a lot of uh, things that a child shouldn't see. Mm. Um, but uh, fortunately, my parents very hardworking to this day. They still are, and I think that's where I get my work ethic from, and, and entrepreneurship. Yeah. Um, they had come here many years um, uh, while I spent in El Salvador getting my uh, documentation correct with immigration. Yep. Um, finally made it out here when I was about five, six years old, somewhere in there, and, okay. and, and grew up in the Washington, D.C. area. Okay. Um, Is that where your, your parents were already? Yes, yes. They had migrated to Washington, D.C. like so many other uh, Salvadorans, and my town specifically being in one of the 13 states called La Union, um, Surf City, is uh, we have a privilege now to call. And um, uh, my little town, it's a huge story behind that. Uh, my, my mom does a lot of uh, uh, nonprofit, helps a lot of students there. I love that. Um, has a home in that little town that's probably over 1,000, 1,500 now. Yes. And what they're known for is the migration. That, okay. that half of that town migrated here to, to the U.S. and specifically Washington, D.C. So I had the privilege to be in Washington, D.C. for... Uh, 35 years. I, I, I can't believe it's 30, 35 years, somewhere in there. And so you grew up there, like the the, yeah. the, the majority of well, grade school. DC, grade school. Okay. Um, ended up going to high school in uh, Rockville, Maryland, because these, the, the streets were too rough. Gotcha. Uh, my parents wanted me to focus um, in my education, so commuted two hours to go to high school. Wow. Two hours. I had to wake up at 5:30 in the morning. You know, it still humbles me. I think I think that's a pretty good. Uh, I think that's like a telling sign of how much definitely immigrants want the best for their yeah. kids and their education. Absolutely. Two hours. Two hours. Washington D.C. You know, uh, elementary school was okay. Yeah. Middle school started getting in trouble. My yeah. mom was like, "That's it. High school. You're going to Rockville, Maryland." Um, my um, uh, grandmother lives there to this day, and the schools in Montgomery County, right north of uh, Washington D.C. To this day, are tremendous, kind of yeah. like saying Union County and gotcha, Charlotte. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so you know that's kind of where uh, my parents wanted me to go, and I yeah. said, okay, well, two hours it is, and yeah. two hours back. But it, uh, looking back, like I said, it really humbles me, and, and, and it really gave me a fresh start. Yeah. It's round two of, yeah. of who I am, and because uh, um, I was going the wrong path. My parents were hardworking; they were 
uh, rarely home. Uh -huh. uh, my sisters came later. Um, and growing up in Washington, D.C., I had the privilege of working with entrepreneurs. First of all, my parents. Yeah. Uh, my mom owned uh, three beauty salons, wow. uh, a restaurant, um, and um, now uh, a grocery store. Um, so I was always around accounting. Yeah. I was always around you know, people that made big decisions yeah, yeah, for yeah. others, provided for other families. Business, the public, Business, the whole the thing. Public, the, you know, yeah, yeah, and my mom is super connected with the mayor in Washington, D.C. I mean, she's like El Salvador walking. When you see her, <laughs> you see her as El Salvador, the face of, of the country. I love that. I love that. Um, and it really showed me how to appreciate yeah. everything in life from family, which is huge, yeah. uh, to um, my, my culture, yeah. um, to raising my own family, uh, money and what a penny does, yeah. uh, you know, a hard-earned penny. And um, being around restaurants like that, I got to know a lot of people, um, politics, uh, um, uh, other restaurateurs, other entrepreneurs, uh, really good friends that are still to this day very close friends of mine and so that. forth. So round two starts, right? And uh, high school in Rockville, Maryland, which was the suburbs, predominantly uh, white American. Uh -huh. And it really gave me an opportunity to learn other cultures as opposed to, you know, Washington, D.C. is very Hispanic and black American. Okay. Um, so I got to speak English properly. You know, my slang started to go away. Yeah. Um, my English started to get better. My grades started to get better. Uh, sports. Yeah. Uh, more responsibility. Got my first car, brand new. I was pumped. Honda Civic CX. Nice. <laughs> 1993, <laughs> I remember that car because they actually got stolen when I souped it up. You oh, know, my God. I used to <laughs> do a little bit of racing growing up. But, um, and that... You know, it was instilled in me that um, I, I have a brother, a younger brother. I'm the oldest of four. Okay. I have a younger brother and two younger sisters that I had to somehow translate that back to them because sure. my parents were always at work. Sure. So I was always at home. I was kind of the person that was responsible for them. Um, and then eventually business started to get better. We started to get more help. My parents started spending a little bit more time at home. And so it was time for me to go get a job. And I desperately wanted a job. I wanted some money in my pocket, sure. plus I'm paying for this car. And um, that's kind of when I got into the, a little bit of the music business when I was 15, 16 years old. Okay. Um, I worked for one of my mom's uh, close friends um, uh, record store. Okay. And selling records, cassettes, and CDs. And um, music stuck. So that's what, nine, 90s now? That, this is about 92, 93, 94, okay. right around my high school years. And okay. so I had the opportunity to work with another entrepreneur that had um, uh, this uh, music shop and also had nightclubs. So at 15, 16 years old, I was dropping off CDs at 9, 10 p.m. at night and ended up sticking around a little bit, learning the DJ business as well. So ended up that stuck, yeah. uh, the DJ business. So I did a lot of mobile stuff. Um, so, again, just applying my entrepreneurship, applying, you know, got a business card, uh, got an LLC, um, started uh, distributing just guerrilla marketing just by hand, and then started getting gigs, you know, $200, $300 gigs. That's huge. Yeah, of course. While I'm still working, still going to school and, and you know, and being a role model for my, my, my brother and my sisters and, and, and my family in general. So, um, again, just starting to get that idea of work for yourself, Yeah. work for yourself. Um, did you, did you at all, were you at the restaurant at all? I know you were doing the, the music no, thing and the record I, thing. I, you know, with my parents, uh, right after school, we would go help my mom close the shop down, but you know, after school activities and stuff like that, I, I got the tail end of it. Okay. But I got to see a lot of the back end of it as well. And on the weekends, I got to see uh, the beauty salons. Okay. Uh, and the restaurants was a, a little bit far out, but um, in Virginia, so I didn't get to do that much. Plus, the restaurant came a little bit later. Um, then uh, I had the opportunity to make a little bit more money, and um, another friend of my 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 mom, Jose Andres, um, uh, there was an opportunity to run food at a restaurant. I had never worked in a restaurant, so okay. I was like, you know what? Let me give this a, a shot. They're saying that uh, my cousins work there. They're saying they make really good money, more than I'm making at the, at yeah, the record yeah. shop. Yeah. 
Plus, I was, you know, later years in high school, and I needed to spend more time in, in my education yeah. and homework and that kind of stuff. So I said, all right, let's start running a couple nights a week. And running food came naturally to me and started working with Jose Andres. If you know Jose Andres, you know how much of a humanitarian he is and an entrepreneur he is. He started from the bottom, too. You know, he had never had anything himself, but, you know, he went to El Bulli uh, with, with Adrián Ferra and, and, and those famous chefs in the world. And so he wanted to apply that knowledge and taught all of us growing up, yeah. you know, my friends, my cousins, and myself. Um, so working for Jose was your first in taste the in the food business? Yep. No yep. pun intended. Actually, that pun was intended. <laughs> but okay, so, the, so what, what, kind of, what kind of restaurant? Give, give us some context as, at like the first things that you learned yeah. kind of in the, in the space. So I, I learned how to eat, okay. uh, really, because you know, I had a very delicate palate. I didn't eat much. Okay. And that really opened up my, my palate to other flavors, garlic and onion. And he, he owns a, um, a chain now of, of Spanish restaurants called Haleo. Okay. Uh, he also has a Mediterranean restaurant called, you would appreciate this, uh, Turkish, Lebanese, and, and uh, Greek uh, meze. It's called uh, Zaitinya. Okay. I think he has two or three of those now. Okay. Um, and then had an opportunity with him to open up a, 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 a Mexican tapas restaurant in the heart of Washington, D.C. So I think what sticks out for me with Jose Andres is, again, the entrepreneurship uh, really opened my eyes to, to dining and, and drinking fine wine and understanding spirits. Um, so it was a high-end? Very high-end, okay, yeah. Gotcha. yeah. You go to Washington, D.C., and you ask for one of the top restaurants, they'll tell you it's Haleo. As soon as you land and they tell you, uh, they'll tell you right away, hey, where do I go eat? You got to go to Haleo. Did you start out in the kitchen or front of, I mean, what, what, how, how did you start out? So funny story about the, um, uh, how I started there. So originally I had heard about it through my cousins, a little bit more money. I was a little skeptical to go into restaurant okay. business because it was a little bit later than I'd like to stay up. Yeah. Um, however, my grandfather, um, he now lives in, retired and lives in, in El Salvador. His, he has the same name I do, Manuel Flores. And he got uh, sick. One day, he was working uh, for Jose Andres as a dishwasher in a garlic peeler. Okay. Um, so he got sick. He had some kidney stones. And back then, the operations kidney stones were kind of a big deal. So they had to, you know, open up pretty wide. So he had to take off a couple months, but he didn't want to lose his job. He got paid really well. Okay. And I was, he was like, hey, your name's Manuel Flores. Why don't you kind of take what? over the dishwasher area for me? Okay. You know, and I was like, I'll give it a shot. And I did it for about a month, washing dishes, peeling garlic, yeah. and I you know, absolutely hated it, I'll be really honest, because uh -huh. it was very fast-paced, a lot of small plates, so you had a lot of plates in the dish pit area. Uh, but that really taught me you know, from beginnings in the restaurant, and then I said, no, no, I gotta move on to like running food, something a little bit where I can dress better. Yeah. Um, so um, that was with Jose Andres. I'd spent 11 years with Jose. Wow. Um, uh, uh, washing dishes, food runner, server, bartender. They gave me the opportunity at 22 years old to be a, a manager at 23, to be a general manager of a $7 million restaurant. Wow. Um, and I couldn't believe it, but they saw something in me, and I always believed in myself. I always knew how to talk myself up. And um, uh, made the Bethesda, Maryland location super successful. I was the GM for about three or four years. Wow. That's where I met my wife, okay. Paola. Um, and, but I knew after like nine, 10, year 11, I knew that I had to do more. Yeah. You know, general manager is great. I was 24, 25 years old, but I knew I had to do more because I was going to school and I was actually going to school for architecture. Um, and actually, you know, uh, did my four years of architecture, uh, construction management and CAD, uh, computer aided drafting. And I really thought life would take me that way, okay. you know, but it didn't. Um, I absolutely hated it. I actually got a job in downtown D.C. working for a really big architecture firm, but it was a cubicle. And I was um, um, basically taking um, uh, hand-drawn uh, uh, plans, commercial plans, and putting them into CAD, computer-aided uh, computer drafting um, uh, files. And so I would spend 10 hours in a cubicle, not seeing anyone. And yeah, you hated it. I hated it. I just, I said, you know, if this is what architecture is, I just can't do it. Yeah. And to be an architect is one of the things they don't teach you in school is you're spending a lot of time by yourself. 
and I needed to be around people. I needed yeah. to be around my family. I needed yeah, the people yeah, come yeah, and yeah. see me, and I'm animated. I talk with my hands. Yeah. And all the talking that I did in a cubicle was this, and I just, you know, this other hand just couldn't keep still. <laughs> and I, I just said, you know, no, I, I can't do it. I did it for about a year. Um, you know, my parents were super proud of me because of my education and, and, and really did it, you know, yeah. on my own. Yeah. Um, but then I said, no, 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 I got to get back into restaurants. But then that's the point that I knew, all right, this is what I want to do. Do you think, do you think seeing your family be entrepreneurs, work for themselves, have a little more control of, you know, yes, it may be more hours, but just the, the little more freedom and autonomy. Do you think that was instilled a little bit subconsciously yeah, inside? Of course. So that even with those 11 years and, and working for Jose and everything that you learned from him was great, but deep down you were like, man, like something's still kind of missing a little bit. Is it, so like, it, interesting enough, even after 11 years, it still hadn't clicked that I have to work for myself, but I still knew I had to get more experience. Because I only had experience in operations, four walls, door to door, guest interaction, and myself. That's gotcha. all the experience I had. Gotcha. A little bit of accounting. So I knew I had to do more. Um, it, that's where um, my next chapter kind of took me um, with Richard Sandoval Restaurants, RSR. Um, uh, another uh, entrepreneur and restaurateur, uh, a celebrity chef, uh, but focused exclusively Mexican. Okay. Um, in the D.C. area? In the D.C. area as well. Okay. So where I applied, um, and Craigslist, out of all places, uh, one of his directors knocked on the door and said, you know, we really like your resume. We know Jose Andres in the area. Yeah. Come and interview. Uh, took me to New York, did an interview in his office. Um, we hit it off. Hit it off. Yeah. And at the end of the interview, we were talking about, you know, what do you drink? What do you think about Mexican food? It was yeah, really not an interview. He's yeah. so nonchalant about business. And I carried some of that too, you know. Yeah. And I carry some of the stubbornness of Jose Andres, but I carry some of the looseness of yeah. Richard Sandoval. So I think that that merging really taught me well, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I did um, nine years with him. Wow. Um, but I knew with him, after having that nonchalant, just like you know, man-to-man conversation, I knew that I would grow quickly. Plus, it was a company that already had 16 restaurants. Wow. And his vision was to take from 16 to 32. So I had the opportunity to open a Tyson's Corner, Virginia uh, location um, for uh, a casual setting called, a uh, restaurant called La Sandia, modern Mexican, okay. which is very similar to kind of what I do, okay. uh, and, and which stuck. Uh, then they had the opportunity to open restaurants in um, Denver, Colorado, Santa Monica, San Diego, Atlanta, Philadelphia, Chicago. So I did about 16 cities wow. with him opening so restaurants. So you were just traveling, helping Helping just new locations. All that, all, his vision in paper, business plan, I was the one going out and doing these openings. And my background being architecture, I would be there from the beginning. So I'd say, no, this is wrong. What are you doing with this? We need an outlet here. What are you saying? Hey, the prep table doesn't have an outlet. How am I supposed to put a blender at the yeah. prep table? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Those yeah. kind of things. So um, I was like, yeah, this is what I want to do. I want to learn it from scratch. Um, ended up being all the way up to his national director of operations. Um, and I knew if I stuck around, I was going to end up being uh, vice president, president of the company because, you know, because of my beginnings with him. And, and he is that kind of person. You're loyal to me. It's infinity with me. Wow. And so um, that's when it clicked. And that's when I said, wow, I'm managing all these restaurants and I'm seeing the profit and loss documentation, financials. And I said... Bottom line, none of his restaurants are losing money. I said, yeah, I kind of have to do it for myself. Mm. But then my family had something to do with it, too. I got married, two boys. Yeah. I was traveling a lot. Yeah. Um, I would travel Monday through Friday and home on the weekends. And when we had a big opening, I'd be, I'd be away for a month. My boys were going up, and my wife, Paola, would say, hey, you know, at some point when they're in grade school, uh, that's great. Yeah, they need you gave you. me a great life yeah, of staying yeah. home with my kids. You know, one of us had to work, and it was, it was a good plan. But w- once they go off to school, Paola was like, I got to get back to work, too. Yeah. I got to do something with my life, too. And so that motivated us to say, hey, we're going to open our own restaurant. Talk to Richard about it, and Richard's like, I'll fund it. I'll do the project. Wow. And that's when I said, eh, 
you believe in me so much. Jose Andres believes in me so much. I believe in myself so much. My wife believes in me so much. I kind of want to do something on my own first yeah. before I, I go out and uh, another restaurateur does something with me. And, so and it's you. a partnership, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in 2000... Hold on, hold on one second. A quick question. What's the couple of things that you learned opening up all those stores, you know? Because, I mean, even you said it yourself, you knew that you wanted to get a little more experience. What was that experience? Like, what, what, you know, what are some things, you yeah. know, because... It sounds like you you had to pay your dues first because mm -hmm. you know say 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 there's people, there's people listening right now Manny that have ambitions they want to do their own thing whether it's roofing landscape dry cleaners doesn't matter mm -hmm. like electrical business you know but they may be a little you know uh, you know too ambitious and maybe not have all the experience I think you understood you needed yeah. a little bit more hey look yeah. let, let let me pay my dues a little bit learn every part of the business so when I go in. I have 100% confidence in my abilities to execute. I mean, 16 cities, all those launches. I mean, you're yeah, at that point. Go. Yeah, at that point, you're you know everything as far yeah, as how to Bibles. Open. You know, we have we have a Bible, and, and then once we created, a, I mean, be, from the beginning, creating yeah. a concept. Exactly. We would have to write it. What would the experience be? What would the decor be? You know, the music. What are you talking about? The lighting. You know, and the everything. plating. Everything. We had nothing, so we had to create it. And then we had Bibles, little things, the type of screw that went into the wall, the exposed beam, everything was a Bible. Everything for him was create handbooks, create policies before you launch. Mm. And that's what I learned is just prepare for the unexpected. Mm. Have policies and procedures in place. Have amazing business plans where it starts with the guest experience, all the way down trickling to your team members. So I don't call them employees. They're my team, yeah. you know, and that's what he instilled in me. It's like, you know, that dishwasher is the hardest working person in the building. And so the first person you, you say hello to is that dishwasher, that bus boy, that bar back, your support team. And then you trickle up all the way to the general manager. They deserve yeah. it, too. Yeah. And so be humble about it because they're the backbone. And so that with all the, the, the politics and, and all the procedures and, and everything that it took to open a restaurant from handbooks to, you know, um, hiring practices and HR and marketing and, and, and funding thing, and where, where do you get money? It's like, well, how much is the project going to cost? So banking was a big thing, um, putting the team together and then you got to learn how to have them mesh well, you know, and then all the way f to the grand opening. So that's what I really learned about him. Where Jose Andres, everything was established. He wasn't opening a lot of restaurants. He was already big in the city in Washington, D.C., and he always inspired to be more, but I wasn't a part of that, you know. Yeah. So that's where Interesting. my okay. life took me, and that's gotcha. what I wanted. I wanted to learn not just the four walls, but what's outside the four walls. So you had two, two kind of paths to learning, an established career chef with solid, stable stores that were making money, slash... Mm -hmm. Another restaurant group that was just, you know, procedures, mm -hmm. uh, handbooks, expansion, mm -hmm. duplication, simplicity, yep. teamwork. Yep. That's, I mean, that's, that's a lot of, that's a, that's a great education right there. To well, be, to I be mean, honest. In, in a, to simplify it, is, it, it goes from a mom and pop to a very corporate setting. Mm. But, you know, what I brought to the table with Richard was, you know, how do we, how do we mesh both? Yeah. You know, is it possible? So we studied, studied the Darden groups, you know, that own the Seasons 52 and the Yard Houses. And we st studied the mom-and-pop restaurants. Wow, look at that employee. Super happy. They're always smiling, but not in Darden. It's like, well, how do we, how yeah, do we yeah, take yeah. the best for both worlds? And that's why he blew up, because he, it starts with him. I mean, he just has a magnetic personality. Um, and, you know, to this day, I still talk to him, and we, we want to do something next year together, something very fine dine. And I think we will. Nice. Um, because now I'm, I'm established. You yeah, know, this yeah. is what I wanted. I wanted to be established. And I wanted to contribute more than just, like, my hard-earned work yeah. and my dollar. I wanted to contribute a voice. Yeah. I want to be 51% when I partner up with him and have yeah. him be the minority. Sure. And, you know, that'll be a big accomplishment. This is a man that owns 50-plus restaurants now. Wow. And for him, you know, to come to me and say, hey, you know, I, I want to be a, Let's a do part something. of this. Let's do something. Um, you know, the vision is still there and so forth. Would you consider him a mentor of yours? Yes, both of them. Would you, would you recommend, so if someone's watching this right now, 
and they have big aspirations, would you recommend them find and seek somebody to help mentor Absolutely. them? Absolutely. Absolutely. I had the opportunity, um, my, my broker here in town, um, my exclusive broker here in town that, you know, we're very close friends as well. Um, he, uh, he does a lot of mentorship too. And um, has a, a client in Greenville, North Carolina. Um, and it's, it's a family. She's the chef. Uh, the, the husband um, is the operator um, and they want to grow to the second unit and so he knew that I could do a little bit of mentoring and I had the opportunity to do that for the first time to another restauranter that's cool and um, they were looking to expand they're looking to expand and so forth so they came down for a couple hours showed them both brands and they're super pumped now you know now they're like that's what I needed to hear it's like another person in that same field in my yeah. position yeah I have a little bit more money, now I can expand to the second unit. The second unit is the hardest. The first one, there's so much passion, love. Yeah. Um, you're there scrubbing the floors, the corners, the baseboards, the ceiling tiles, making sure everything is excellent. You want to keep that you know, as you grow. But the second one is like, how do I duplicate myself? Now it's really important about the team. That's, that's so funny you say that because um, I had done a po podcast with, a, with a, another client of mine and they have you know multi stores, and they, he was saying that the hardest was to go from one to two, mm -hmm. then from two to three to four. And he said just just the thought of not being in control of everything and having everything, but once you can break out of that mold a little mm -hmm. bit, and okay, mm -hmm. you know what, we can do this. I have a good team. I have good, you know, we, we can share. Yeah. I mean, I was like that. That's that's so interesting. You said that without without me even. And asking. I didn't do this on my own. You know, um, I have my wife. To thank, I have my business partners to thank, um, the Carbajal family, um, uh, uh, the Burns family, um, uh, the uh, Lemus family, now bringing on other business partners, um, uh, the Romero family, and so forth. So, you know, our, our key to success is our team yeah. as we grow. Yeah. And we won't grow until we have more team members. Um, and so the strategy is we want to put a managing uh, partner in every unit. Sure. And give them a piece of the pie, yep. um, make them work for it, and if they do extremely well, they can continue to grow and have a little bit more, a little bit more in all the units. Mm -hmm. And it's the Darden effect. Uh, the Seasons 52 in the, in the yard houses where their general managers are not called general managers. They're called managing partners. Gotcha. And they give them a percentage of the business, yep. literally the bottom line, yep. you know, without putting anything in. So... Um, I learned that very exclusively from the beginning, and I know that for us to continue to grow, and for me, I can't duplicate myself. Yep. I mean, we have, by the end of the year, we'll have seven units, um, and there's just no way. I mean, yesterday, I, I only spent time in two units and in our corporate office, and then I thought to myself, oh, I could have had that one extra hour. I could have gone to a third one. Yeah. But at one point, you have to say, like, I have to trust my team, yep. my general managers, my directors, my business partners. Um, and so, you know, that's where the growth, you know, we, we're investing in our foundation right yeah. now. Let's, so. let's, okay, so you're learning, you want to do your own thing, you've realized that. Let's fast forward. Yeah. How'd you end up in Charlotte? How did, okay, on the, how, you know, give us, give us a little history of the actual, yeah. your actual brand and your, your, your first restaurant. <clears throat> so, um, Washington, D.C., working for Richard Sandoval, again, looking at the bottom line, I got to do this for myself. Yeah. Um, but I knew in Washington, D.C., it was going to be nearly impossible because the funding that you need in Washington, D.C., the cost of square footage, just the cost of it's employees high. is yeah. extremely high. Yeah. Um, and especially during that time in the 2012 through 2014, you know, the economy is booming. Everything is expensive. Yeah. Um, so I told my wife, I said, you know, um, uh, Right now, I'm the, I'm the National Director of Operations. Um, uh, Richard's office to this day is in Denver, Colorado, so I would spend uh, weekdays in Denver, Colorado, but I would always, I had the option of traveling direct to Denver, Colorado from Washington, D.C. every Monday and coming back direct every Friday. But then I always thought about how do I stretch the dollar? I was like, if I have a connection flight, I'll save couple hundred dollars so I said Richard there's a way for us to cut back on travel by doing connection flights oh but you spend time I'm like Richard it's okay I still get there on time 
I'll just wake up a little earlier. He's like, wow, you're always thinking about how to stretch the dollar. Dang. So I would always, I, I, I have, I, to this day, I have an account with American Airlines, and American Airlines has a huge hub in uh, Atlanta and now uh, our um, past 10 years in, in Charlotte. Uh -huh. And so I would always connect in Charlotte and then connection flight to Denver, Colorado. Okay. Bad weather, canceled flights. I'd always stay at the uh, Marriott right in front of Keonda Uptown. Yeah. And I would go explore. Hey, you know, call Paola, my wife. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm staying in, in Charlotte tonight, so I got to go somewhere to eat. And then my entrepreneurship side would always say, yeah, I'm not going to go across the street to, um, you know, to the chain restaurants. I'm going to go to the mom and pops and sure. check out the city. Yeah. Rent a car, go to the suburbs. Yeah. And started learning the city. Okay. Amazing schools. And in 2014, like everyone knows, to now, uh, uh, cost of a, uh, of a home half the price yeah. twice the size and so immediately I fell in love and then the schools were amazing Union County uh, Cabarrus County and so forth and I said D I found the place and she goes are you sure so in 2014 I said yeah let's do it the wife's always been the one pushing me she's, she's the backbone you know a lot of people see this face but really right behind me the one really calling the shots is yeah. her and um she's like all right let's do it and i was like wait, wait, wait. i was hoping we can think about it for a year or two and she's yeah. like no let's do it now nice it's hot right now on the plate it's hot it's it's about to burn yeah let's do it so i was like all right put the house for sale came back from a small cruise in the in, in the bahamas uh for two weeks our uh realtor calls us uh, during the cruise, uh, you have six offers on the house, like, and you have a really good offer. What do you want to do? Paola's like, give me the phone. S sell it. Sold it while we're in the Bahamas. And I was like, oh, my God, this is happening, you know? And so I started, you know, getting a little scared about it yeah. and move and everything. Oh, my God, this and that is a big deal. I got to tell Richard. And so got back, literally started packing. Um, needed to cut back on expenses because yeah. what we, the, the little bit of money we made from the sale of the house had to go towards opening our first restaurant. Mm. And on top of that, uh, Paola's parents lived with us and they helped us uh, remodel that home so we can make more money on it. So that was the way that we partnered up yeah. with her parents. Um, they would remodel the home, put the money on the home while I was traveling and just paying for the mortgage. And so that kind of balanced out the, 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 the original partnership with her, her parents. Yeah. And so there we are packing, made three trips to Charlotte on U-Hauls, went back, three trips. I remember it was two weeks worth of just going back and forth, back and forth, while I'm still working, mind you. So, you know, it's a situation that, again, humbled me in another beginning. Yeah. Starts. Um, real, real, real quick, I, you know, I want to point this out. I think there's a really good point to be, to be made here about the power of just making the decision mm -hmm. and just sticking with it. You know, um, a lot of times there's a lot of people with personalities that are very just detailed and analytical and they have to know every, you just, you know, in the, the, the phrase analysis paralysis, like you want to analyze so much that you're frozen and you can't make a decision. That sounds like Paola helped you get just, no, let's go. Like, yeah. this is our dream. This is what we've wanted. You've talked about this forever. You not have the experience. Yeah. Let's not sit on our hands. Let's go. Um, I think there's a lot to be said about that. You know, and my belief in family and marriage um, are very evident with her. And, um, you know, I learned that from my parents. You know, my parents have been married for 30 plus years. And so for me, it was a situation where uh, it's actually reality what she tells me. She goes, you know, be behind every strong man. CEO, president, owner, yeah. there's, there's a woman behind that. Yeah. And the finesse, yeah. the character. Yeah. And I'm just like, you know, it's, it's absolutely true. And, and, and it just, you know, it's one of those situations that, that honestly, without her, we, we wouldn't be having this conversation. So road so, trips. So, so, road tri so first location is where? Uh, first location, uh, Huntersville. Um, okay. Uh, uh, Highland Creek. Highland Creek Huntersville. Okay. Uh, so we we acquired that, uh, worked it for a couple year for a year. How how um, was that? Was it difficult? I mean, give us give us some specifics about the start. Yeah. You know, was it hard? Was it was yeah, it so, was it easier than you thought? Was it harder than you thought? And it's your first one by yourself. 
I, I want to say that it was a lot of passion. So it seemed very easy. It, it seemed very natural. Um, I knew a lot about the business. My wife stepped in as the acting uh, general manager. Um, and my father-in-law was the other uh, business partner, was the other manager. So it was really easy to manage them. Yet I was still working for Richard. Oh, okay. So you're still working I'm with still that. working with Richard. You know, and I, I told Richard, hey, I have a restaurant in Charlotte. Um, however, I think I can still manage both. Um, and I knew it was the first restaurant, so I knew we couldn't pay big salaries to be able to afford homes here and so sure. forth. So I said, you know, I'll stay with my job and I'll treat my restaurant as a, another unit that I manage. Okay. And so I managed a lot of my first location with my wife and my business partner, her father, Mario, remotely. I'd come on the weekends, spend Saturdays there, and just make sure everything was done. Okay. And they did a phenomenal job because we ha I had systems in place uh, that I had to manage remote because I, I was in 16 cities. You know, I, and, and these general managers would report to me, so I had to have a good system in place yeah. for that reporting. So yeah. a lot of virtual, um, a, lot, a lot of go-to-meetings, a lot of Zooms. Now it's called Zoom. Um, so I learned how to manage that first unit like I was managing one of Richard's restaurants. Interesting, okay. But then at one point, the re we, we paid attention to, to all the details. We cleaned up the restaurant. We, we did extremely well. Um, money started to come in, and I was like, hey, we need to save this for the second unit. Yeah. Still working for Richard. So you were already thinking about unit two. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think your thought of expansion has a lot to do with the vision of... Um, Richard. Richard? Yeah. Like, I mean, because... Yeah. His goal was 16 to 32. That, I mean, yeah. that's a pretty impressive 100%. like scope and vision that, that the guy had, right? Yeah, 100%. And, and I knew that for a better lifestyle for my partners, myself, and my team, I, I know the formula. We have to continue to grow. Yeah. We have to continue. I'm not doing this to sell. I'm doing this for my team. Yeah. You know, I don't want my business partners uh, working 50, 60, 70 hours a week. I want them now to be in our corporate office making executive decisions and, and having directors of finance, directors of catering, directors, you know, of branding, directors of yeah, yeah. all those things, you know. Doing for well, them, making money, having Making some time. money, overseeing top, and then having directors of operations, regionals, and having general managers. That's what I did, and so the vision is there. And it, it doesn't happen with two or three or even four restaurants. It happens beyond that. Yeah. And so investing from bottom up is kind of what I was taught, and I applied that. And so restaurant two's got to come quick. So I spoke to my broker, um, National Properties. Yep. Um, shout out to Sherman and, and Scott, uh, good guys. Um, they they uh, immediately found location two. Where at? Uptown. And I was extremely, and, it, and th this was 2016 early 2016, yeah. I was extremely skeptical about Uptown because Why? big lunches, right? No dinners, right? At that time, Charlotte wasn't, uh, Uptown Charlotte wasn't an area where they were investing in apartments and condos and parking. It's a whole different beast Light now rail. than it was back then. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah seven yeah. years ago. Oh, yeah. Now Uptown is our flagship. Um, so we kept going back and looking at this restaurant. Uh -huh. And then one day, we went on a Sunday, um, to leave our uh, aunt to, to the airport. And we said, hey, let's just grab a martini and this the location we're looking at, and let's just give it an, one more look. Yeah. So it was a lot of us. It was kids, you know, and so forth. We sat in the patio, and it just so happens it was a, a Mexico-friendly match um, at Bank of America Stadium okay. on a Sunday. And we went there around 3. The game was letting out, and I see this massive amount of people walking in the city. And so I was like, there it is. It was sold. I was like, there it is. So the way the city is going to grow is going to be through events. And then I started seeing the cranes and the construction. And I was like, no, I got to ride this train. I got to be one of the first ones to ride this train in uptown Charlotte and be one of the first to do Mexican. Yeah. The way that we do Mexican. Yeah. I had to. Yeah. And so I said, where do I sign? Went in. That restaurant, uh, my partners and myself built it by hand, by hand. Everything hurt. And I have a saying, if it doesn't hurt, it's not for you. You know, my brother just moved down here in November and he brought his trailer down because, you know, he, he's now our director of beverage. Uh, he was raising restaurants too with Jose Andres. Um, 
and I helped him unpack. Got there super late, 2 a.m., waited for him, helped him unpack. It starts pouring. I mean, I've never seen it rain like this in Charlotte. And he's like, no, we're going to wait. And I was like, no, this hurts. This is meant to be for you to be here. Mm. So let's do it in the rain. And so that's my saying, and that's what happened to the Uptown location. Everything from that, the tabletops to the countertops to the paint to the, 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 um, the light fixtures. Um, you know, we had good bones in that restaurant that uh -huh. had been five other restaurants yeah. in six years. No yeah. one had made it. And I was, that's what I was scared about, too. It was, it was, it was, well, I mean, people in the space, people in the restaurant industry know that. Mm -hmm. There's certain locations that it's like, dang, if it's been too many spots, uh -huh. then there's like a, a stigma about it that nothing will stick here. And, you know, it, it, it just showed. But I think for me, besides that day and in, 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 in the, in the game letting out, I got to meet David Furman, huge architect here in, 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 in Uptown yeah. Charlotte. Yeah. Uh, huge developer. He's done multiple skyscrapers. And architect. His offices are right above us in the uptown location. And so he's my landlord. And so he doesn't own a bunch of other stuff, commercial stuff that, you know, it, my lease is three pages. And you know that leases are 50 plus pages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's three pages. Simple. I remember meeting him and he goes, listen, the bleeding's got to stop. Five restaurants in six years. How much do you want to pay rent? And joking, I said, boom, X dollars. And yeah. he goes, that's really cheap, Manny. Sign. And I said, no, 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 I got to give you a tour of, of Que Onda, the Highland Creek location. So I gave him a little menu tour. And I was like, before you sold on me, look at my product and make sure you want it. Wow. You wanted to make sure. Yeah. He I wanted to make sure the partnership worked. Because this is David Furman. You know what I mean? He's been doing build, commercial buildings in Charlotte for 30, 40 years. I mean, he has pictures in his office where you look at the skyline and then you look you look at his pictures and you're like, no, that can't be Uptown. So yeah, wow. he owns that tower. You know, he, he, he uh, um, uh, everything, design, architecture, construction, he everything, he built it. Wow. And then they're condos now. Um, so I wanted that relationship. He's an architect, I'm an architect. We, we see eye to eye, but I needed to sell my product before I signed anything. Yeah. And so we loved it. His, his wife, Marilyn, uh, loves our sangria. And um, he's like, Come to the office, show me your, your, your business plan. So I showed him my business plan. And at that time, you know, the first, my first restaurant wasn't called Que Onda. I actually had to keep it for three years um, with its original name because um, I had only put half down and the other half I still owed the original owner. And so I always had the vision of Que Onda, Que Onda while I was still operating this, the second location. And eventually, once I paid that debt off, it was going to turn into a Que Onda. But I was like, I got to do Que Onda. 2016, present my business plan uh, to, to David Furman, and it was actually going to be called uh, Cuatro Cuates. Okay. Cuatro Cuates are four buddies, four business partners. Cuates, very Mexican word, yeah. means ex, you know extreme ex, like brotherhood. Yeah. And so I presented the business plan and the skull and everything, and David looks at it. He goes, quack, quack, quack. He's like, man, I can't pronounce this. It can't be this. Wow. And I was like. Really? Like, <laughs> I'm the one signing the lease, bro. You're like a little crushed. You're like, what? Yeah, I'm like, I spent a lot of time on this, developing this. He goes, I like everything else, but the name's got to go. Okay. So I'm like, all right, what do I do? What do I do? Go back to the drawing board. And then you know, I talk to my team, and I'm like, hey, we got to change the name. And I remember that day, very specifically, we're in my kitchen counter. Yeah. And we're talking, the four of us, drinking tequila that we had just brought from from Guadalajara, uh -huh. um, smuggled actually, <laughs> in a bottle that was supposed to be tequila, but we put something else in there. And then we're drinking this and we're like, que onda con este way? Like, what's up with this guy? Que onda this, que onda that? And I'm like, that's it. there it is. And everyone's looking at me like, what are you talking about? Que onda? I'm like, yeah, que onda with this guy? And I'm like, no, que onda tacos and tequila? They're like, yes, and I said, I'll do something better. My father-in-law's shape of his skull, that's going to be our logo. I hired a designer, um, did he, the shape of his skull, very elongated. Wow. Um, and I said, we're going to make it very Mexican. We're going to put a gold tooth on it, thick mustache that my father-in-law has. And then we got to incorporate it to the first location, the uptown location. So we're going to do panther blue flames around the skull. And we're going to put a crown for for Queen City. Yeah. 
So I want to tie it back to the Panthers and I want to tie it back to Queen City on that logo. So when you look at our logo, now you really understand. And we spend a lot of time on, on that with our team, you know, understanding the logo and, and where it begins. And so that's where the first Keonda came. I love that. And immediately, I remember, uh, at, that at that point it was the Charlotte Agenda. Um, they kept walking by, walking by, and they one day knocked on the door and they were like, what are you doing here? I'm like, that's my first Mexican restaurant, second Mexican restaurant, but first Keonda. And they were like, we'll do a piece on you. And I was like, yeah, because I don't have money to pay yeah. for none marketing. Yeah. We didn't do any marketing. Um, I did all the social media, just like picture here, picture that. Yeah. And they did a piece on us. It, you know, it's framed in my office. Blew up. I mean, we opened the doors. We had to hire twice the amount of the team. Wow. I remember spending, prepping food till 4 a.m., my business partners, just there day in and day out, day in. And we were still operating the, the first location and focusing on this location and, and this is a new brand. Yeah. So new logo, new business cards, yeah. new website, yeah. new everything, yeah. right? And that's when I knew I got to get out of Richard. Um, this is it. This is for real. Yeah. A month right before opening, I said, this is critical. I'm here. I mean, I, I got to do websites. I got to do this. And, and I was at that point literally managing two brands. Yeah. Because the, the original restaurant that I own, it was still named that original name. Sure. And I wanted a website for that in the meantime while I was expanding the second brand. And so, Richard, thank you very much, I remember. And, and we, we, we were opening a restaurant in, um, in uh, Snowmass, Aspen, Colorado. Um, and we're driving up, and I remember I told him, this is my, uh, my, my three months notice. And he goes, I need more than that. I need like six months. And I was like, all right, I'll do this. I'll work remote from Charlotte, only remote. I won't travel, but once a month in the meantime, maybe twice a month to the closest city of Charlotte, Atlanta, D.C., Philly, and I'll report back to you. And I'll manage everything remotely, which I've already been. Yeah. He goes, done, but stick around. Cool. It's doing both things still. Wow. Still doing both things. Time was limited. Boys are in grade school. Paola's working her ass off. It was a chapter in our life that, you know, really taught us how to be very organized at wow. home, at work, in our marriage, with our family. Communication, the whole thing. Communication, my business partners, which are my family as well. And I was like, wow, we're doing it. Yeah. Took off. Took off completely. And then 2017, Matthews, 2018. My goal was 10, 10 restaurants in 10 years, one per, per year. Uh, so the third unit, Matthews 2017, 2018 University City, took off 2019 because I wanted a vacation. Sure. And then obviously 2020 hit. We had two two projects in 2020, um, almost at a letter of intent um, um, stage in yeah. Rock Hill, and um, another one in, in in Charlotte. And obviously um, COVID, COVID, yeah. COVID had another idea. Yeah. And. Um, so we had four units at that time when COVID hit, and so we had to like structure down. Sure. And I said, okay, this Re is where we are. Yep. We've grown to four, but now this is where we are with COVID. And so another stage, you know, another uh, chapter in, in, in life with COVID. And again, it's almost like, you know, I'm not a religious person, but I believe in my church is, is here and here. You know, your temple yeah. is in your heart and karma's up here. So that's you know, what, what I believe in to be religion. And I believe in a higher being, but it's every time we, 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 we were growing, growing too quickly and not investing, uh, humble down, here's a challenge for you. Humble down, here's another challenge for yeah. you. And, you know, that's what really has kept all of this afloat. You know, COVID was a tester for everybody, yeah. as you know. Yeah. I mean, your family, yeah, same you know, thing. same thing. Let's, let's talk about your second, second brand. Yeah. Right. So, okay, Fresa, you know, first location you guys opened up last year. October. You know, def different concept, different vibe, different feel. Yeah. So it's kind of where COVID um, had that idea. So during COVID, the restaurants, you know, had to go to to go. Yeah. And our food, Mexican food, doesn't travel well. Yeah. Uh, the nuisance and the the flavors and the the smells of chiles and and nuts and all the base ingredients of Mexican food does not travel. It has to be eaten hot yeah, or right, cold right, there, right yeah. then and there. 
So we didn't have a lot of uh, packaging. We didn't have a lot of to-go. We didn't do the DoorDash. We didn't do delivery, none of that stuff. It was yeah. just come pick it up, and it's on you. Yeah. Here it is. I opened it up for you. It's steaming nice and hot. Yeah. But then I got in, you know, it, during COVID, we, we had to do DoorDash. Yeah. We had to do the Uber Eats. We had to do that third delivery. And so I said to myself, well, if I'm going to learn this, I'm going to learn it extremely well, like I did everything else. Yeah ins, the outs, the negotiating, the commissions, the, at one point everything, we, everything. we almost got cars to do it ourselves, but then the liability behind it, I was like, lot, let's, yeah. let's, let's wait, we're just starting on this. Yeah. So the four restaurants we're doing to go, yep. to go, to go, pick up, to go, to go, pick up. I said, that's it. We got to do something fast casual. Yeah. This is where the world is going. I mean, look at Chick-fil-A now. They don't even have dining rooms. Yeah. The new restaurants don't even have dining rooms anymore. They have drive wow. drive throughs they invest on land as opposed to the building. Yeah. And so I said to myself, we got to do something Mexican, taqueria, and we have to elevate Que Onda now. Um, when we launched Que Onda in 2016, we launched very modern Mexican. We didn't have queso dips. We had queso fundido, the melted cheese that you make your own quesadillas out of, yeah. very Mexican cheeses. And we didn't have queso dip, but people were like, how do you not have queso dip? Charlotte wasn't ready for us. So we had to kind of go Tex-Mex a little bit, yeah. what people understood. Fajitas, enchiladas, quesadillas, and queso dip. Yeah. So I was like, all right, the basics. that's, yeah, that's yeah. not us. Yeah. So, but I said, you know what, let's, again, let's learn from this. So the brand had stayed like that up to four units. And I said, no, now it's time. Charlotte understands in, 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 in 2022. Uh, Charlotte understands we have to elevate Que Onda, and this is where Que Onda is now, and then we have to introduce a taqueria, get rid of all the tacos in Que Onda, go entrees, appetizers, very uh, authentic ingredients in a modern flair, modern dishes with Mexican touches. Yeah. And I said, that's what I know how to do best. That's what my people know how to do best. Now's the time to do it. And sure enough, that's where Que Fresa came. And that story, that name, there's another really cool story about it. I'm in the couch. We're ready to launch this. We, 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 we have a menu that we thought about, you know, 15 tacos, 20 tacos, a bunch of appetizers, um, but I want a bar. I don't want just something fast casual, but I want a bar inside with a tequila bar and yeah. service at the bar. Yeah. So it's a hybrid, you know, upper scale fast casual restaurant and found the perfect location. Right, and then that, now this is like May. We're uh, 2022. We're getting ready to open in October, and I'm thinking to myself, we don't have a name. Let me get with my graphic team. Let me get with my um, my, my 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 partners. We could not come up with a name to nothing. Nothing would stick. Nothing would stick. And I was like, I was like, all right, let's let's go back to that counter in the kitchen. Yeah. Let's go back there because that's where we 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 made que onda. Yeah. Sitting there, my partners got late. They they left. They're like, no, this is useless. We, I don't know. I'm going to leave it on you. My wife and I are sitting there drinking tequila. And we're like, we look around and our TV is on. My kid is flipping through Netflix. The Luis Miguel series on Netflix shows up. And I'm like, hey, we got we to gotta watch that. You know, we're like, hey, let's watch episode one. Loved it. And I was like, he is the biggest fresa I've ever seen in my yeah. life. I was like, Luis Miguel is literally fresa number one, besides you, my wife. And she's like, that's it. It's fresa, taqueria. And I was like, better yet, we're going to stick with the que. Yes. Que, fresa, taqueria, and yes. bar. And I was like, now I'm going to know what I have to do. I was like, you're the one that named it. I'm going to put your skull in the logo. And so if you look at her, but with Que Onda, it's looking dead on, right? Like this. Yeah. And with, with a feminine skull, I wanted to do it at 45 degrees so you can see more of the features the of the skull and the angles. And I said, and I'm going to make sure that it's pink and purple. And so when you go to Que Fresa, it's pink and purple. It is. It's super Fresa music, right? And you see my wife's face on the, on the skull and, and, and a lot of murals and taqueria and we have prepi tacos and we have street tacos a lot of appetizers behind that some bowls and tortas cool desserts and then the my, my dreams always keep bars because that's where your money is going to come yeah. and so we added a bar in the in, in the in that location they I didn't have that. a bar so that's where fresa came from opening in october and it was a huge hit 
huge hit. Yeah. Um, to the point where um, the vice president of marketing and operations for Duke Energy would always go to Kefresa the first couple months it opened. Love the brand. Their broker is one of my brokers on the side. They'd help me open Matthew's location, uh, um, uh, reopen Matthew's location after COVID. Um, she calls me up and she goes, hey, the, the vice president of marketing operations from Duke Energy, they're interested in having a Kefresa in, in the new Duke Energy Center, 40, uh, 45 floors. And I was like, they're looking for us. I was like, let's do a meeting. So they looked at us and they said, we want Kefresa. And so we signed it. We actually have a lease in place. It's been announced. Kefresa 2 will open. Um, we got, we're getting keys this week or next week to the space. It's a cold shell right now, concrete. We have the floor plan. Architecture's gone through. Now we're in engineering. So we start, should start construction July 1, four months. And then we should open later this year. That'll be the second um, Kefresa. The third Kefresa is on letter of intent right now, and we're looking at a lower south end. Nice. In the sixth Keonda, we're looking at um, for, uh, for 2025 um, in Dealworth. And then m one of my business partners, Roger Lemos, he's, um, he grew up in, in the restaurants that I grew up in with Jose Andres, and he spent more time with Jose. So his Spanish tapas background is tremendous. And uh, so I you know, went back to him last year, last summer, and I said, we, we have to do a Spanish tapas restaurant because that's, that's where everything started. We have to do Spanish food. And he's like, like Jose Andres? I'm like, like Jose Andres. And so that's where our Spanish brand is going to come. And on that one, we're on letter of intent as well with David Furman in the same building, hopefully very soon. Nice. Um, not 100% concrete, but I think we can pull it off. For, for Heard it here first on the Paper Trails podcast. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, a lot, of people, a lot of people want exclusives on that one. I but, love you know, that. I'm not going to give them a lot of details just yet on what it's no, going to no, be. But I um, mean, listen, uh, Manny, I, I think the it's 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 very impressive what you and your family have done. I mean, honestly, coming from family restaurants and you know what my parents and my uncles have done and opening up up to seven locations, they have currently four, and seeing what you're doing and at the pace and the team and the structure and the foundation, it's impressive. It, yeah. it really is. It's, you know, my, my hat is tipped off to you for Thank what you. you guys are doing. Um, and you're making a splash in Charlotte and, yeah. and the suburbs and your brand and your food and your service and the experience that every patron comes in. Um, I love it. I love it. So we'll, we'll wrap up. What are some parting thoughts, some words of encouragement to budding entrepreneurs maybe people in their career that just want to take things more serious and get promoted, just people that have ambition and passion in their heart just like you. Yeah. What are some, some thoughts and some words of encouragement you can give, give to them? So, you know, I always go back to uh, being humble, um, learning the business in and out. Uh, everyone's story is going to be different. Um, ours sure as hell is. Um, you know, not a lot of people get different chapters in their life and opportunities, and, and we did. You know, my... My, my saying is, um, whatever it is you're going to do in life, you're going to cut grass, you're going to you know, plumb uh, sinks, whatever it is that you do in life, in the beginning is super critical. You have to go all in. You have to be there. It's the saying in Spanish, que tiene tienda, que la tienda. If you have a store, you have to be in the store. Yeah. Um, and really, there's no secret to being an entrepreneur. It's just a lot of hard work. Mm -hmm. And the hard work pays off. You know, my day starts at, with my kids at 7.30 in the morning. I'm in the restaurants 9 to 10 o'clock. And last night I was home at 10.30 p.m. And, but I don't count hours. I look at that as an opportunity every day to inspire, to, to work for my team. And lastly, is all about your team. So if you have one employee, you have a team. Yep. We're up to 200 employees right now. Wow. And... I have, I always try to achieve a way to inspire them, uh, motivate them. Um, we're nobody without our team from that, like I said from the beginning, from that dishwasher all the way up to a director of beverage or director of, of service. Um, and if I, the day I stop doing that is the day that we have to sell. I, we have to continue to inspire, yeah. motivate, and if we're going to do this, I always, I always told myself, if I'm going to do restaurants, I'm going to do it to the top. 
And so if you're going to do plumbing, if you're going to do electrical, do it to the top. Have a vision. Write it down. Be the best. And be the best at it. And if the best means countless hours, if the best means giving the most discounts in the beginning to all your clients because you're doing electrical work, that's what it means. But have a plan. Yeah. Have a vision and share it with your team and make sure your team's a part of it. I love that. <laughs> I couldn't have said it better myself. Appreciate you, Manny. This was so incredible. You know, the hospitality, the brand, the concepts, the history, the, the traveling, yeah. you know, Paola, the whole thing. I mean, honestly, I, I, it's, it's very inspiring. Your whole story is inspiring. And I uh, hope you guys really enjoyed it. You know, uh, episode two, season three. If you haven't tried out, there's a Que Onda or Que Fresa somewhere near you. <laughs> Go visit, support, and um, a lot of things to, to come. So anyway, with that, we'll see you guys soon on the next episode. The restaurants you love, the food you crave, and the people that make it all happen. We tell their stories on the Paper Trails podcast with Albemarle Paper Supply.